going on out there, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule so we can chop it up. You know, with the weather getting warmer out here on the East Coast, it's getting warmer and warmer. Obviously, this isn't going to be a summer like last where we were partially locked down and beginning to open up with a COVID summer. So I hope we're not going to have to endure that this summer. Things are open. It's going to be different, not a full-fledged regular summer, but at least you could literally go out and do stuff, like literally go to the park. Like literally, maybe if you feel safe enough, go to uh, swimming or summertime activities, things of that nature. But you know, another thing that comes with spring and then summer is the NBA playoffs. And they're here, baby. Things I want to talk about in uh, this episode, I'm going to talk about the Celtics. Celtics got a lot of things going on within that structural organization. Duke, Duke Blue Devils took a hit to the heart today, kid. And the NBA playoffs as a whole, there are things that are happening where it just makes you go, hmm. But let's start off with the Celtics. So it seems as though that uh, Danny Ainge has stepped down as president of basketball op- of president of basketball operations, and Brad Stevens is ex- expected to assume the role, and the Celtics are now looking for a new head coach. I mean, a couple things that I want to say is uh, Brad Stevens is living living a very good life. I mean, he came, he took Butler from nothing to something, lost two national titles. Came to the Celtics, had blessed with talent, made it to the playoffs a couple of times, and now he's being blessed with the opportunity of running maybe one of the most prestigious, if not the prestigious organization in basketball. Um, I just think as far as the Celtics are concerned, it's a very, very big point in this current era because Danny Ainge took them from obscurity after the Garnett, after the Truth, after Ray Allen, after Rondo. They all left. He took them from when they were at the bottom to bringing them back to where they are now. And I guess he's deciding to fall on the sword of the loss that they took this year and leaving the job for Brad Stevens to fulfill. Now, I'm pretty sure that the Celtics still have a ton of first-round picks. Is this a quick fix? I don't want to say quick fix, but they got to get, I don't want to say talent in there, but they just need somebody to run with Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown is that dude. Maybe they need to get a third guy that's like a legitimate, like talent like that, you know? Because Kemba Walker, it was hard to to, to, to rate his season because I don't think he was fully healthy. And if he was a healthy Kemba Walker, maybe they could have made some noise. But, I mean, playing going up against the, uh, the Nets, ain't nobody going to beat them. But, um, you know, the Celtics move on, and we're going to see what happens with the new head coach. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see who the new head coach will be. And um, when you talk about head coaches, let's talk about Duke basketball for a minute. Uh, head coach of the Duke Blue Devil basketball team, Mike Krzyzewski has announced today that after this upcoming basketball season, he will retire as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. I mean, 
in two years, you're going to literally have a UNC Duke basketball game without Roy Williams or Mike Krzyzewski on either sideline. I almost feel aged by saying that, and I'll feel even more aged by watching it. I mean, Krzyzewski's been at that Duke's program for over 40 years. I mean, I think anybody who loves Duke, they associated Coach K with the program. And when you talk about Coach K, look, I hate the Blue Devils. I hate everything about them. And I, I, as a coach, I hate Coach K. But the guy could coach his butt off. And he just let, he's a legend. The guy has five national titles, 12 Final Four appearances, 12 ACC regular season titles, 15 ACC tournament titles, and 1,170 wins, which is currently the most ever, which he will probably tack on a couple more wins in this upcoming season. I mean, it is just when you you see greatness, you have to respect it, even though you hate it. And um, Krzyzewski is one of those guys, man. The one thing that I will say about Krzyzewski is that he changed with the times. And from a tactical perspective, whenever you played a Duke team, you had to play them down to the last second because you had to kill Duke. You didn't beat them. You had to kill them because they always knew what to do in each situation and each scenario. It was just all about execution, making or missing with Duke. Now, for me to sit there and say, why did he announce this so early and not for after next season, kind of like what Roy Williams did, I think uh, what Krzyzewski is doing, which was probably a little error on Roy Williams, he's basically letting the recruits know that are currently being recruited, you're going to be my last class, and all recruits that are coming I'm not going to be here, but this is who's going to be here to make it fair, not only for the following coach, but for the players. Now, for Roy Williams, he kind of did it in time where it was right after the season was over and the team probably was shocked. Some of them, some players decided to transfer. And, you know, in terms of new recruits, that I think was early enough to where they would know whether or not they still want to go to USC. But I will say this, with this transfer portal, now a viable weapon, I think it's going to change the landscape more so than one-and-done players in college basketball because now you can get players overnight and you could be a, 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 a Fab Five the next season. It may not, It might not be five freshmen, but what if you have five seniors that all transfer together and they meet up at one school and they win a national title? Because now you you can't count on, okay, I'm going to recruit players. A couple are going to leave because they're going to go to the NBA, but there's a core group I can work with for four years. That is a mighty good joke now. If a player feels like, hey, I could get PT somewhere else, I'm going to transfer and play somewhere next year. Now, college basketball has become a year-to-year thing. No longer is it teams are going to be good because they have the best players or they're coaching or they had the bet. No, it can be, look, this player decided to leave Wyoming State. Why did he choose to leave Wyoming State? Maybe because his grades weren't good and he had to go to Wyoming State. Freshman year, he averaged 20 points. Now he's transferring to, let's say, hypothetically, Kentucky. Kentucky has a couple good freshmen. 
all of a sudden they had three outstanding freshmen and this sophomore that could shoot lights out and 20 points a game. Stuff like that's what I'm talking about. But when you talk about Duke, uh, good program, um, who the successor will be, I have no 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 idea. They got a couple guys that have left the program and have decided to coach at other programs. So there, there there's some names out there, but you know I'm sure they'll stick within the family and bring back some greatness. Um, now let's talk about the NBA playoffs when we talk about greatness. You know, as a whole, as I'm watching the NBA playoffs transpire with the break due to the pandemic. Then you had the summer bubble, the bubble trip, short off season, shortened season, and now um, the playoffs are here. You're beginning to see the little bit of the wear and tear of these guys not having a full off season because injuries are starting to play a factor in the playoffs. I mean, with the 76ers, okay, they won and they eliminated the Washington Wizards, but Joel Embiid has a um, a knee ligament injury where he might be out for a couple of days, but it's just one of those things where as he come back, is he going to be the same or is he just going to be partially the same? Look at the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic hurt his shoulder following game. He played terrible. Now, is that going to be the case in every game? Who knows? But that's an injury where it's going to seriously affect the trajectory of the Mavericks. Now, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, Dante DiVincenzo had an ankle ligament injury which has him out for the rest of the playoffs that's not devastating but it does hurt the depth and the rotation of that team because i think part of what makes the bucks really good along with red along with uh the greek freak is the 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 players that they added the depth that they have and how they can play d and just grind you out with the players that they have and losing Dante, it's going to hurt that depth a tad bit. And last but not least, look at the Los Angeles Lakers losing Anthony Davis. I mean, LeBron, he's not at a hundred percent with this high ankle sprain. And now without Anthony Davis, the rest of the team just looks like they were a shell of themselves playing the Phoenix Suns. Now LeBron due to this injury and him not being a hundred percent is no longer, I don't want to say can't do it, but I think, because of the injury he suffered this season, he's not going to be the 30-point triple-double, 45, 50-point triple-double and can will your team to win. He's going to need some of these role players to legit come in and help him out to get the job done. That didn't happen the other night. You're going to need somebody else, maybe, uh, uh, um, I mean, KCP. You're going to need um, Schroeder. You're going to need Kyle Kuzma, somebody, to step up and be a running, or maybe all of them collectively just hit the big shots that need to be hit because LeBron's going to give you what LeBron gives you. But this playoff year is a year where he's going to need some assistance because when you look at the Nets, they're just a well-oiled machine. It almost feels like this season, with it, this postseason, with these injuries that I've mentioned, it just feels as though that the Nets suffered all their injuries throughout the regular season where, you know, Harden, Kyrie, KD, they played nine games together in the regular season. And they've played five in the playoffs, and these dudes are averaging 82 points a game. So uh, the thing with the, the Nets is is people say that they can't D. They can't D up. Well, A, nobody really plays D in the NBA. And B, you... 
The NBA now has become a first to 130 wins. The Nets, they pushing that. The Nets are pushing first to 150 wins because they got guys on any given night could go for 50. And one of them is on the court at all times. Can they lose? Of course they could lose. But I just don't see it. To beat that team four times is going to be hella tough. Hell a tough. But, um, you know, as the playoffs go on, I'm going to talk to you, give you some updates. I mean, when you look at baseball, baseball's still there. Yankees are doing some slipping. But these are the things that happen with the Yankees. Right now is usually when guys get hurt and they're still trying to figure out their way. And then once the summer comes along, those dog days, when they start getting the the players back from injury and that talent kind of kicks in, the Yankees start becoming the Yankees again. And when we look at the NBA, especially like I said in my last episode, how New York sports is back, you know, you look at the Liberty and, you know, Ionesco, she's out there balling, doing her thing, man. I'm happy for them. Just as it brings a little bit more energy back to the state of New York. But anyway, uh, let me end this episode with a positive quote. And my positive quote is, the best investment you can make is in yourself. The best investment that you can make is in yourself. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.